Welcome back once again to Search the Scriptures. What a blessing it is for us to be able to be together each day right here on Search the Scriptures, open up God's Word, and study a little bit deeper. We feel very blessed to be able to come to you and so many on such a widespread basis through this medium of radio. And as we are connected to the internet, then it also spreads all over the world. How blessed we are to have this kind of technology, to be able to reach out with the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the message of salvation, to people all over the world. It's just incredible. It's amazing when you stop and think about it. We have opportunities and ability through the technology that's available to us today to reach out on a far broader scale than the Lord's Church ever has had the opportunity to do in the past. And we're trying to use that here with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We want to help you through Search the Scriptures, come to understand what God's will is for our lives, for your life. We want to help you understand what real saving faith is. And that's not a magical thing, and that's not a something that's just given to some people and withheld from other people. It's not something that just sort of happens to some people, but not to others, whether they want it or not. But it is developed as we get into God's Word. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. Now I know we say that here in the program over and over and over and over and over again. And I trust we'll keep saying it over and over and over again. We want you to get it. We want people to understand that it is imperative, it is essential to get into God's Word because that communicates to us His will for our lives. But it also teaches us about God and about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. God, our Father, our Creator, Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit. We understand, we learn about their nature to a great extent as we read through God's Word. God's Word communicated to us by His will through inspired writers who wrote what God wanted them to write by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Well, how blessed we are to have the Bible. And we want to talk about the Bible during this particular series of studies. We began last time, and we read from Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, and we looked at the parallel text in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And the Apostle Paul wrote both of these letters, the letter to the Philippians, that is, to the members of the church at Philippi, and also the letter to the Colossians, the members of the church, the Christians in the church at Colossae. Notice the similarity between these two texts of Scripture. Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Now, Paul was praying for these brothers and sisters in Christ, his brothers and sisters spiritually. He was praying that their knowledge might abound more and more. Their love might abound in, uh, again, in knowledge and all discernment. Discernment means basically, bottom line, understanding. 
understanding the point that we make the proper applications in our lives. He goes on in verse 10 and says that you may approve things that are excellent. Well, you need to be able to know the difference between what is excellent and what is not excellent, what is excellent and what is bad in order to be able to to approve the things that are excellent. You've got to have knowledge again. So he starts with abounding in more and more in love, in knowledge, and all discernment. And then that you may approve the things that are excellent, going right back to knowledge, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Well, how can you know how not to be offensive to Christ, our Lord and Savior? How can you know what it is to live faithfully before our Lord and Savior without having that basic knowledge again? And then he goes on in verse 11 and says, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You can't know what the fruits of righteousness are. You can't pursue those fruits in your personal life on an active basis without knowing what they are. It comes right back to knowledge. And all of this pointing back to God's word, the Bible. We're asking the question in this study, what is the Bible? God's word, obviously. But it's not just something to sit on our bookshelf or on a shelf in our closet or on our coffee table in our living room or family room. It is something to pick up and read. It should be a tool for us whereby we learn how to live the life that God wants us to live. And then in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, Paul writes again, notice the parallelism, the similarity between these two texts of Scripture. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Well, he talked to, to the Philippians about how he was praying for them. Well, he's praying for the Christians at Colossae as well. Do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now there's that word understanding, again basically parallel to that word he used in Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11, discernment. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. We've got to get into the manual, don't we? the instruction book that teaches us God's will in order to be filled with the knowledge of his will. And that's the Bible again, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Well, walking worthy of the Lord, again, is basically parallel to being filled with the fruits of righteousness, as we read back in Philippians chapter 1 that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. How do I do that? I've got to know what his will is for me to live a life that would be fully pleasing to him, that would be a spiritually fruitful life. As he goes on and says, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So over and over we see the knowledge of God's word being emphasized in these letters to the church at Philippi and also Colossae. The principle is there for us. We need to grow in God's word. What is the Bible? 
people quickly would say, God's Word. How much do you read it? How much do you open it? How much time do you spend trying to learn what it says? And then contemplating and praying over making the proper applications to your life. Your personal life. Now, it's kind of a natural thing, behavior-wise, for human beings to point their fingers at people around them and say, "Yeah, boy, that person really needs to change. They're really doing bad things. Look at them. Look at the way they act. Listen to how they talk. Well, remember when you're pointing a finger at somebody, you got three fingers pointing back at you. How are you living? And what kind of an influence are you trying to be on the people around you? How are you acting? Do you keep your spiritual beliefs to yourself? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, that we're supposed to be seasoning salt, making things better through our spiritual influence, our lifestyle that is guided by God's word because we understand how he wants us to live. He also says that we're supposed to be shining lights that illuminate the way to eternal life through Jesus Christ as we repent of our sins, confess our faith in him, and surrender to him in baptism for the remission of our sins and begin to walk that new life in him. We need to be influences, positive influence, influences on people to help them see that. Are you being that? You need to know how to do that. You need to know how to live before the world around you. It's a challenge. Well, we looked also in Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 14 and 15 where Paul, writing to another congregation of the Lord's church, said that we need to grow up spiritually. We need to grow up in Christ. We can't continue to be just baby Christians, underdeveloped spiritually, but we need to grow up. We need to become more mature as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, the apostle Peter wrote this, as newborn babes, now that's what every single one of us is when we first become a Christian. We may be 60 or 65 years old chronologically, physically, but we're a newborn baby in Christ when we're first baptized into him. We are reborn. And we understand what that means. We understand what a baby being born means. That's an infant. And so when a person is first baptized into Christ for the remission of his sins, he is born again. He is an infant Christian. That's not a demeaning description. That's simply a description of reality. But that baby now is going to take some time years and years to grow and develop, to grow in knowledge and understanding and skills physically and mentally. What's going to take us time as a newborn Christian to grow in our spiritual understanding and our spiritual lives and skills, putting them into practice effectively on a consistent basis? But probably we can do that more quickly on an effective basis than that newborn baby, although that newborn baby is really going to grow fast. Mamas and daddies, 
recognize that. So as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. The pure milk of the word? God's word. It comes back to we've got to get into that knowledge that God has communicated to us through his word so that we can grow up spiritually. Remember, Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 3 that a man has to be born again if he wants to enter the kingdom of God. He repeats that in verse 5. We can't stay where we were before we became Christians once we become Christians. We've got to start living that changed life. And in order to understand how to do that, we've got to get into God's word because that's the instruction manual again. That's the guidebook. That's the roadmap. How do I live as a Christian? How do I walk in Christ? In Galatians 3 and verse 27, Paul said that as many of you as have been baptized into Christ to put on Christ. Well, how do I wear Christ? I've got to go to the instruction manual. I've got to read God's word. And we should hunger and thirst for learning more and more of his word. His word, well, we're going to get into that later in this study. But it's food for nourishing us spiritually. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, Paul writes, be diligent. The King James Version says study. The sense is the same. Be diligent to present yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, how can we handle correctly God's word, which is the Bible, if we don't study it, if we don't get into it, if we don't learn it and develop our skills at understanding and applying it properly? We need to be diligent toward that end. Be diligent in our continual study of his word because God has given us his word to guide us in all truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 16 and 17. Well, let's actually go back to verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and let's begin reading with verse 15. And here Paul writes, he's reminding Timothy that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. You have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So we've got to get into the Scriptures to know what faith is, particularly saving faith. And then he goes on and says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now in the Greek, that is more literally translated, God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. In other words, God's very word and is profitable for doctrine, that is teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, or the King James Version says perfect, thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we want to be the complete Christian, 
that God wants us to be, then we're going to have to get into his word. And we're going to have to be diligent about it. We can't just pick up the Bible now and then on a haphazard basis, read a few verses or maybe a chapter or two, and then put it down, not come back to it for another, oh, what, six months? (laughs) No, not going to work. We understand that doesn't work when we send our children to school and the teacher gives them an assignment, gives them a textbook to read. We tell them, you've got to do your homework. You've got to read the material. And not just today, but you've got to keep reading the material because we want them to learn. Well, God has given us his book, the Bible, to learn. It is our guidebook. Let me talk to you about an illustration about how precious is the Bible. In this country, anybody can have a Bible. You might have a homeless person living in a cardboard box. If he wants a Bible or she wants a Bible, they can get one. Somebody will give them one for free if they'll just ask. And so many of us, so many of our families have two or three or four sitting in our homes somewhere. We just don't utilize them that much. So many of us on a general basis. But years ago, a woman who used to smuggle Bibles into Russia, so we're probably going back when Russia was still communist, before things changed so much. So she used to smuggle Bibles into Russia. She told what would take place when someone received a Bible. They would tear out the pages very carefully. Now you might say, what? Just follow along. They did it with a purpose. They would tear out the pages very carefully and pass them to their fellow Christians. And then each would take his page and copy it and pass it on to someone else. And in that way, They only began with one copy of the Bible, but in that way of tearing out the pages very carefully, passing them on to their fellow Christians, and each one taking a page and copying it and then passing that on to another Christian, in that way, several copies would be produced. It was reported that in the few church buildings, the few church buildings that used to exist in Russia, Bibles would actually frequently be chained to the pulpit so nobody would take them home because the Bible was so cherished as being the word of God by the people there who did not have a copy and could not get one. You see the contrast with the way it is here in our country? Anybody can can have one. And we just don't read them much. What is the Bible? It is the word of God. It is holy scripture. It is the will of God written down for us by men who were guided divinely through the Holy Spirit to write just what God wanted them to write. So it is his very word. The Bible guides us to salvation. But that's just the beginning point. Then, as we have become those newborn Christians, we keep reading, we keep studying, diligently, 
regularly trying to come to the best understanding we can of what those holy words are communicating to us from the throne room in heaven as to how God wants us to live before him so that we can live with him forever in heaven through eternity after this life is done. We keep reading. We keep studying so that we can know, we can understand, we can discern what right is, what righteousness is, what godliness is, and how to make those applications to our lives. And in so making those applications, we can be the example, the influence of Christianity, of godliness to everybody around us. And in that way, prayerfully, hopefully, we can help some other people get to heaven as well. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, please guide us to be the people you would have us to be. Your sons and daughters, your family, Christians. Guide us, Father, to desire and to follow through with that desire to pick up your word, the Bible, and read it diligently, to study it, to contemplate over those teachings, to pray for your guidance, your wisdom in proper understanding and making the proper applications to our lives. And Father, as we live by those guidelines, those teachings, as we experience those blessings in our lives, guide us and help us to be a powerful example and influence on others around us to pick up their Bibles and read about you and your son and to come to you through him for forgiveness and salvation to become Christians themselves. Please, Father, we pray for your guidance and your blessings upon us in these ways. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer. In Christ's name, amen.